Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? My teacher said that the Grand Canyon is the largest canyon in the world. Is that a fact? Did your teacher try looking underwater? Huh? What do you mean? While it's true that the Grand Canyon is the largest canyon we can see on land, there are even grander canyons that start just off the coast of some of the continents. Can you guess what might have caused them? I'll give you a clue. It's in the book of Genesis. Wow, Grandpa. Where in Genesis does it talk about canyons? Try starting with chapter 7. Um, let's see. Chapter 7, verse 1 says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Then in verse 11 it says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens was open. So, are you talking about the flood? That's right. While many secular geologists are finally beginning to understand that geologic formations, such as the Grand Canyon, just had to be formed by a catastrophe. Most textbooks, such as the one your teacher has been forced to teach from, still use the concept of slow and gradual changes or uniformitarianism to explain everything we see in the world. But creation scientists who accept God's word, the Bible which has never been proven wrong, use God's truth to explain everything we see around us. After all, what one event could account for all the mountains, rock layers, canyons, oceans, fossils, and all the other features we see on the earth? Do you mean the flood of Noah's day did all that? I absolutely do. You see, only the unimaginable power of a worldwide flood could have totally reshaped the earth. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Our topic today is the not-so-grand canyon. I actually thought it was a grand canyon. I've, I've been both to the south rim and the west rim. It's 277 miles long, 18 miles wide, and 6,093 feet deep. It's a great and wonderful place, and I would recommend people to go if they haven't been there. One of the things that was mentioned in the skit was that the Grand Canyon was formed catastrophically as a remnant of the flood and the after effects of it. Terry, you had some backdrop for this. I grew up having cognitive dissonance because I knew that what I read in the Bible and that what I read in the Bible did not correspond to what I was being fed everywhere else when it came to the age of the earth. After I started getting into biblical creation, I learned how geologists such as James Hutton and Charles Lyell, who established the idea of an an old earth, had the starting assumption that the Bible was not true and Noah's flood did not happen. And that is what everyone needs to understand. In an 1830 letter to George Belay, Scrope Lyle stated that he wanted to, quote, free science from Moses, unquote. And he wanted the church to compromise, which it did over time. That's what he said he wanted the church to do. Lyle also lied about the rate of erosion over Niagara Falls, so he could overestimate the amount of time the gorge had been forming to fit outside the biblical time frame. He came up with 35,000 years, and Charles Darwin was influenced by Lyell. That's why I mentioned in the skit that 
the teacher has been forced to teach from textbooks such as these, influenced by thinkers such as Charles Lyell and Charles Darwin. So when we talk about how the students in our average public school, they can't really question Darwinian evolution or Big Bang Theory or any of those things because the science textbooks are written such that it, it compromises the Bible from the start and such interaction is essentially condemned by the teaching staff or not allowed, at best not allowed, and sometimes causes ridicule for the student who might question whatever is read, written in the textbook. In public today, we are experiencing a cancel culture and an idea of there are only certain things that are permitted to say. Unfortunately, those things change day to day. What's possible, what you can say, what is politically correct, etc. But this game has been going on in the scientific community, and especially with educational textbooks, for decades. And part of it is we won't even have the scientific discussion of whether or not the Grand Canyon was formed by the Colorado River and eons of time or by some huge catastrophic process. And that discussion needs to be made. Anyone who's been to the Grand Canyon, as I have, when you look at that small little ribbon at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, it violates common sense to even think of that thing cutting this grand, huge place. And when you find out that the Colorado would have had to climb one mile from the east to start to cut it, it starts to smell. And even secular geologists today will own up to the fact that there had to be a catastrophic start to the Grand Canyon. But the docents there don't always follow with that. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzadel. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. Today we're talking about the not-so-Grand Canyon. Not-so-Grand, it is a fascinating place, but as Carl, you alerted to in the skit. There are places on Earth underwater which are far bigger. We have the Avalos Canyon off Spain, which has a depth of 14,000 feet, dwarfing the Grand Canyon. The Congo River empties into a canyon in which underwater and which stretches 497 miles, almost double that of the Grand Canyon. The Nazari Canyon off Portugal has a depth of 15,000 feet. The Jemchug Canyon is the deepest and widest in the world, and it's off the Bering Sea. And all of these are fascinatingly connected to what looks like runoff from the continents. And it points up that after the flood, we had what was called, what creationists would call the Erotozoic period, the period in which all of this huge amount of runoff came off the continents and emptied into the oceans, that you had a huge amount of this cutting of these trenches, and it fits right within the creationist theory. Carl, what else did you have? I was just looking at the continents, uh, just the North American continent, and even more focused than that, just off the coast of New England, all the New England states, you look at the number of canyons there on the National Parks and Wildlife website, they have 35 canyons that rival the Grand Canyon. Not all of them are larger, but they have a couple of them that are larger than Grand Canyon, plus 30 canyons that are rivaling the size of the Grand Canyon. So... (laughs) That gives you some idea of how much erosion there was after the flood when all the water came off the uh, continents, the mountains rose, and the depths of the sea fell. So that goes along with what the biblical description tells us. That is one clarification to make for people who are uninitiated in this discussion. We are not saying that Noah's flood cut Grand Canyon. Noah's flood laid all of the sedimentary deposits and fossils that we see in the Grand Canyon area. It was the bursting of of a reservoir of a water. Reservoir of, of leftover water after most of it had left the continent after the flood, which tore through and created the Grand 
Canyon. Incidentally, we have the same processes for the scab lands up in the Washington State area mm-hmm. and other places and everything that you're talking about in terms of uh, New England because these are processes which happen as a result of the flood. Terry, anything in closing? Just to reiterate my point that what people really need to understand is a lot of the interpretations that they have heard are based on the assumption that the Bible isn't true so that they, they need to keep that in mind. Carl? Amen. <laughs> We need to get back to the Bible and ignore what Charles Lyell tried to do and look at real science rather than try to presuppose that the Bible's wrong first and think up ways to bolster your ideas. Folks, science is supposed to be about what it can be observed, what can be repeated, what can be tested. And the idea that we're not supposed to have politically incorrect thoughts expressed in textbooks or a classroom is antithetical to science. The biblical narrative actually gives is a better explanation for how we get canyons than any dumb stories about the Colorado River cutting the Grand Canyon or anything else. Amen. And we need to have that open discussion within our classrooms. And we need to have a system in which we are not trying to get away from Moses, as Lyell did, but trying to honor what God did and understand that he gave us real history and true history in the Bible. One of the things that we haven't even talked about here is the Grand Canyon and how what we actually find in the walls of the Grand Canyon. We find a testament to the laying down of the flood of huge amounts of nautiloids, of fossils, which show they were laid down rapidly by water. We also find smooth intersections between the pancake flat strata of the Coconina sandstones, the Tapit sandstones, and others, which show no erosion between them. What we find, folks, is that everything we see in the Grand Canyon looks like a testament to exactly what the Bible says occurred during the flood, and that the Bible is telling us better science than what we're trying to set up in textbooks. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzville, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Mm-hmm.